you have to be willing to put yourself out there. The business isn't gonna come to you because nobody knows you're there. So I was at every rubber chicken dinner, every cocktail party, everything I could possibly go to, and I made a large network very quickly. Hey, welcome to My Company Story. I'm your host, Don Burge. My Company Story is a podcast where I get to interview some of the most interesting business owners and CEOs about the challenges that they've faced and how they've overcome them. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm here with Weston Labar. Weston is the CEO of both Harbor Trucking Association based in Long Beach and Ventures 52. Weston, welcome to My Company Story. Thanks for having me, Don. So Weston, let me tell a little bit about what I'm going to read this off, off of your profile. A Harbor Trucking Association is the largest uh, dryage specific association in North America. Did I get that right? Dreyage, but yes. Oh, Dre, okay, say it, Dreyage. It's just a fancy word for port trucking. Okay, it's port trucking. So you've been involved in that for how long now? Uh, this November will be six years as the CEO of the organization. And what does the, what does the association consist of? Who, who are members? Yeah, so the voting members are trucking companies. We, we call them LMCs, licensed motor carriers, and they're the trucking companies that have um, the authority to go in and out of ports in the country. Uh, heavily, heavily uh, focused on the West Coast because we were founded in Southern California with the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach. Um, that's been my big um, uh, mission and, and continues to be the vision is to do a strategic growth. Uh, we've created a national presence um, and uh, we have a lot of other members of the industry. Uh, what I this is an e an industry ecosystem. So equipment providers, marine terminals, shippers. So like Walt Disney uh, is a member of ours. Oh, uh, so not just not just a guy with a truck. It's a lot of uh, all of the supply chain, all yeah. the logistics. It's it's if you're part of the supply chain, um, we have a spot for you. Gotcha. And how did you end up in that spot as CEO of that org association? Uh, very accidentally. Uh, I was doing a little bit of one of the businesses that um, that I founded, Pair Strategies. Um, we do a lot of trade association consulting, and at the time, uh, HTA was very small mom and pop. The way they did everything was consulting contracts, and there was a project that they asked me to come in and and advise on. And at that point in time, uh, I was a few months into the contract when the executive director stepped down uh, and said that he was taking a different opportunity. And given my background, that I knew trade associations, uh, I was asked to step in as an interim, and uh, that was November of 2014. So uh, I, I have dropped the interim title since then. Um, I'm actually CEO. They, they gave me the opportunity to be the CEO because the whole concept of the business changed uh, while I was there in the first year or two. Uh, but uh, it was accidental. Um, but this industry, I call it quicksand. Uh, you don't mean to get into trucking, but it's really hard to get out because it's <laughs> That's a great analogy. So you got, so you were consulting with the Harbor Trucking Association and the, the CEO, the guy running it left and the board said, Hey, we want you. And you put, popped you in there and you've been there for five years now. Tell us a little bit of how big, I mean, how many members, uh, how, how big's the board? Give us perspective of what this looks like then yeah, and now. So so we have a, I have six officers. Um, I have a, a chairman, a president, uh, two regional vice presidents, uh, but we'll probably add another regional vice president here shortly, a, a secretary and a treasurer. And then we have uh, 20 board members on, 21 board members on top of that. Um, and these are top level executives with 
some of the larger name brand companies you would think of, uh, XPO Logistics, uh, NFI companies, uh, Knight Swift Transportation, um, and then many entrepreneurs who bootstrapped it and built up these trucking companies, um, owners of very um, large regional or localized trucking companies. Uh, great people to be around, as you can imagine. I bet uh, they are. Real salt of the earth, I would imagine. There's not much like meeting somebody who is driving a truck at some point in their life, hoping to make it, and then they sell their company for $50 million. Um, well, actually, we had a guy sell it for almost $100 million, and he started out just driving a truck and I think eating a lot of ramen in the evening. I love those stories. That's great. Uh, so as an entrepreneur, you can imagine I fit right in with these guys because I, I'm inspired every day uh, speaking with these folks. Um, and, and the work that we do, I mean, look at the times we're in. Without trucks, we'd all be naked and hungry. So yep, no kidding. the ability to show up every day and know that the work that you're doing is making a big difference in the world um, really has a different type of impact. Uh, it's, it's like nothing else I've ever been a part of, really. Uh, and and I, I really think that I, what I like is they allow me to be an entrepreneur on top of being the CEO of the organization. So uh, I get a chance to... Um, learn from some fantastic individuals uh, to see what it's like to build a company from the ground up, to work with some of the, like I said, highest level executives of public traded, publicly traded organizations. Um, and uh, we, have we, have, we have hundreds of trucking company members. We have um, every marine terminal, so where all the cranes and the boats are uh, in the state of California. They're members of ours. We've got members in almost every single state or that operate in every single state, I should say. All the equipment providers are saying Walt Disney is a member of ours. They, they're a shipper. Um, so it's been a great opportunity. Uh, and I think in the last couple of years, which is what led into the founding for me of Ventures 52, so I've got to work with so many folks in the tech space, uh, the logistic, we call it freight tech, um, but startups and even working with companies like GE Transportation who we're building, uh, are building a large scale um, tool for the industry called the port optimizer Be helping them advise on what we need what we don't connecting them with the the right types of transportation companies and then working with the the person with just a good idea that's hoping to make the next facebook or next uber right so um helping move the industry forward, uh, looking at what it's going to be like in 20 years or 30 years, because I'll still be here. That's been a great opportunity as well. So let me see if I understand this correctly, Weston. So you, you came into the organization as a consultant. You're doing some work for these guys. They said, hey, look, we'd like you to be the CEO. You popped in the CEO job. You're running and growing the organization. But that also has led you to meeting a lot of entrepreneurs and people with great ideas. And then you created Ventures 52 in order to help those folks and bring together uh, investment and resources for those budding new companies. Tell us more about that now. Yeah, so I, I think the difference between an entrepreneur and a business person is that a business person is really good at working within a business, operating a business, has the foresight to understand what it needs uh, to be a successful operator of a business. An entrepreneur is somebody that wants to start businesses, grow businesses, found businesses. And I saw a unique opportunity uh, as HTA CEO, I had folks coming to me, whether they were inside the industry saying, here's an issue that I keep seeing and here's a solution. I'm thinking about starting a company. What do you think? Or people coming from outside of the industry. Like I said, everything from major companies like GE Transportation, where I used to judge um, a hackathon at USC every year with the Port of Los Angeles. 
and it was so interesting to see these smart minds that wanted to get into logistics, some of which have, I, have left USC and actually are working at some of the companies that I do work with now. Um, be, there is a huge lack of uh, opportunity in the sense that there's not a lot of strategic dollars out there. If, you, if you're ready for your Series A or your Series B, you can go to one of the, the big venture capital arms and you can get 30, 40, 100 million dollars. I mean, Flexport got a billion dollars from SoftBank a couple of years ago. But getting that first 500,000, getting that first million to do your beta or your MVP is very difficult. And, and not all money is created equally. So I saw an opportunity having discussions with these folks that wanted to see a digitized supply chain and optimized supply chain. And I said, I can do more than just field a call and, and connect them with folks. I can, I can really build a business that helps these folks build businesses. I can tap into my, uh, my Rolodex of, of wealthy individuals that do investing to help get them strategic money. I can make sure the folks that are investing are folks that are potentially future customers of the platform uh, or the product, uh, folks that are gonna be part of those demonstration and pilot programs, folks that are gonna give real feedback, that are gonna help um, decide how to turn it into a business, uh, both from a customer's perspective and from an investor's perspective. And I saw so many different things that were getting in the way of folks that had great ideas, but there were just too many hurdles if you didn't have the right type of relationships as a relationship guy, as an entrepreneur, what better opportunity than building a business that's founded on the principle of helping grow other businesses? That's and fantastic. It's so, been a you great are, so you're really in a, in, a, in a wonderful position, in a wonderful seat to be sitting at the helm of the Trucking Association and then seeing these opportunities, people come to you with ideas and you've got the Rolodex out there. You're saying, let me make some phone calls, let me raise some money, let me create an LLC, let's invest in your company, let's get, the, get you off the ground and get you going like that. Can you talk to our audience, give me an idea of, an, of, of, a, of a company that you did that with? I mean, one that, one that you've proven this with. Yeah, um, and I won't get into fixed numbers and things in that, I don't wanna share anything. No, don't, and, and you don't need, need, don't need to use real names either, but just give us an idea. Well, I'd love to because I think this company is such a great success story. Um, this a company called SecureSpace, uh, they're essentially what they are is the Airbnb of industrial real estate. Uh, and in our world, if you look at Southern California, for instance, uh, over the last several years at any given time, you may have less than one half of 1% of available industrial real estate. You're in a, a, a public policy climate where it's not very easy to go get a permit to open a new truck yard or our container storage facility. But at the same time, there's a need for it. And if I need, 100 slots to park containers for six months, do I really wanna go lease a 10 acre parcel of land for, a ye for years on end? Uh, what we did was essentially flipped it on its ear. I was approached by a gentleman who was vice president of one of our big sponsors for an equipment company. He said, this is one of the issues we're having. We don't know where to park our equipment. I'm thinking about going off on my own and starting this business. I've got a, I've got a few folks that, um, will give me some friends and family money for some seed capital. And, and, and mind you, I'm still just HTA CEO at this point in time. Ventures 52 is, is not even a concept, but this is one of the stories that led into this. And I said, he said, I, I'd love for you to be an advisor on my board. I, I just, I, you have a, a, an understanding of how the industry works. You get it to a different level. You work with a ton of different people and you have these, the relationships that are gonna help me grow. And we're gonna need some strategic money down the road. 
And so uh, working with Lance, the CEO of the organization, I came on very early on just as kind of an advisor and trying to connect them with the right folks. And, and it's turned into a, a great relationship for both of us. Uh, the next thing we knew, the, there was a tariff um, a surge of cargo ba based on tariffs on China. Uh, we were able to use our, our public um, relations and media contacts uh, to get them featured in the Journal of Commerce, the Wall Street Journal, other you know, media publications. And in the course of a year, we actually went from a projected revenue um, and we quadrupled it at year's end for what their actual revenue was. And we got an extra million dollars worth of capital from strategic investors into that business. And now we're scaling up. We were going to do our Series A and then coronavirus hit, but we've, we're going to be ready to roll out um, new products. And that's that's the only reason we're doing Series A is to expedite the development of new products. So this is a company that could end up being a multi-billion dollar company in the industrial real estate space. Um, and it was just a guy that said, man, I really wish I had a place to park my trailers. Wow, that's a great story. That's a great involvement on how you got involved and really made a big difference with somebody and, and the industry for that matter. So Weston, let's talk a little bit now if we can about the challenges that you faced as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, coming into the Long Beach area for, I don't know how long ago you moved here, but but tell us about the challenge that you faced and how you've overcome those challenges. Yeah, um, probably one of the best experiences I've had because you learn pretty quickly how resourceful you are and how persistent you are. Um, it's hard enough to start a business when you have a community of people around you that are supportive. Imagine moving 3,000 miles away from where that community is and starting a business, and, that, and that's what I did. Um, I, uh, I started my first business actually in college with a buddy of mine who's also extremely, uh, he's been very successful in the startup world and in corporate America. Um, he bought his first house in the Hamptons, if that tells you anything. Uh, he's doing okay. Not but, bad for first house. A starter yeah, home in the Hamptons. Not terrible. And now it's an investment property. So you see how he thinks. Um, but anyway, uh, we started, we started a business and at the end of college, what we, all thought is, well, I got this degree, I'm supposed to use it. So he went and he, he did his thing and I became, um, I became a lobbyist for the real estate industry. I, I had a degree in, in um, uh, political science, uh, a pre-law designation, thought I might go back to law school. I graduated college in 2008. You wanna talk about a difficult time to enter the workforce. 2008 was probably the most uh, difficult time in recent memory to enter the workforce. Other, other than 2020 right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We won't even go there. No, we don't so, go. Don't, don't go there. <laughs> so, uh, so, so I entered the workforce. I got very fortunate. Um, I had some connections uh, in the state legislature and in Pennsylvania, where I grew up, and and within a lot of local elected officials. And um, I got hired as a director of government affairs for the Pennsylvania Association of Realtors. That's what got me into trade associations. And uh, from that, from that, I learned. Um, how to manage myself. My boss was uh, in Harrisburg in the middle of, of the state. Um, and I realized if I ever was going to feel really happy about myself, I needed to do something bigger. I, I felt like a big fish in a small pond. I, I, I felt that the structures of working for somebody else did not work for me. So uh, I was at a conference in late 2011 in Anaheim. I met some folks and somebody said, hey, you know, we're looking for somebody like you. We have a, a short-term position. Um, would you like to come out? We'll introduce you to some other folks. And I picked up uh, that January, I came out uh, in 2012 and I picked up three consulting clients in the trade association industry. 
uh, and I moved to I moved to Long Beach. I I'd never been to Long Beach other than uh, coming out to interview with the client to see if it was a good fit. Um, I fell in love with the weather, uh, the city, um, everything about it, uh, and I thought it was just a great opportunity. I was going to learn pretty quickly if I had what it took to be successful uh, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a professional in a place that you had a higher caliber individual competing in. Um, so I started a public affairs firm. And a year later, I merged that public affairs firm with uh, another person, which I'm still partners in that company. We added things like advertising, marketing, digital strategy, all kinds of things um, eventually. But uh, prior to doing the merger, um, the, my big client, what really kept me going, uh, they had found their permanent replacement. It wasn't something I was interested in. Uh, we had, you know, the contract was up and I, I ate a lot of spaghetti for the next year as I tried to, as I started to put things together and I started to piece it together. And like I said, I made some strategic decisions. I merged with another person that had a, a more of a localized community that he was part of, but I had some pretty good um, irons in the fire. And so we grew that firm very quickly. We were very quietly one of the top 20 public affairs firms in Los Angeles County, although we didn't we didn't report, uh, we didn't do a lot of lobbying contracts in the same way other people did. So it didn't stack up on some of the charts the way other people looked. But we, we could take a look at the revenue and we knew where we, where we lined up. Um, but you can imagine, you're, you're at the same time you're trying to create a community. You're trying to understand who can you work with, who thinks like you, who's a great resource, who do you want to grab a drink with? Um, you're trying to build a business. So it's really hard to turn business down, even if it's not good business. Um, it's really hard to... Uh, sometimes give a true evaluation of a person you might be doing business with because although today I can say, uh, Don, I think you're a great guy. I, I, I have the chance to flirt with you and get to know you before I actually sign any piece of paper to, to do that with you. Back then, it was a hustle. And if I wanted to be able to stay out here, I had to hustle. And sometimes I took some clients that were not, um, it all worked out, but I probably wouldn't take them again today for, for a variety of reasons. So and Weston, what, what's the, what would you want to pass along to other entrepreneurs who might be listening to us to, uh, today on the show about that, about coming into a new neighborhood, a new city, and growing your business out there? I mean, what would you want to pass along to that guy? One is you, you have to be willing to put yourself out there. The business isn't going to come to you because nobody knows you're there. So I was at every rubber chicken dinner, every cocktail party. If I, w I was out a lot, I mean, I was, I was 25 or 26 years old. I was single. What, what better did I have to do than to go to events? I went to political functions. I, I went to chamber of commerce mixers. I went to everything I could possibly go to. And I made a very large network of um, people that I knew, maybe not friends, maybe not, maybe not confidants, but I had a very large network very quickly. Uh, and I very shortly started getting involved. I've always been somebody that feels like you should give back to your community. So uh, very quickly, I was, um, I was doing some consulting work. And uh, the next thing I know, I'm on the board of the United Cambodian Community, the largest Cambodian nonprofit um, outside of, of Cambodia. Long Beach is, is a huge Cambodian population. Then I was put on the Arts Council for the city of Long Beach. Uh, next thing I know, I'm a workforce commissioner. Uh, people saw that I wanted to work. They wa I wanted to be part of solutions. I wanted to roll up my sleeves. And because of that, and because I was everywhere all the time, and I never said no, which is a talent I had to learn several years later uh, once things got too busy, uh, before I knew it, 
I had people contacting me saying, I moved, I'm new to the city and so-and-so, an executive with XYZ publicly traded company, said, I need, I need to talk to Weston LaBar. So would you have coffee with me? Right. So what you're saying basically is just if you're new to a place like that, just get out there, press the flash, get to know people, make yourself known, don't say no, get involved in as many things as you can. And then after a while, things will start coming your way and you'll get asked to be the CEO of the Trucking Association. And then you'll be asked to, to find some investors and move on to wherever you are today then. And that, that's the story then, right? Yeah. And you know, sometimes you've got to be willing to do that volunteer work. You've got to be willing to help somebody out um, pro bono. You've, you've yep. got to prove yourself. You've got to yeah. put yourself out there and prove yourself. Exactly. And if you have... If you have confidence in yourself, the one thing I've never felt like was a gamble was investing in myself. If I invested in myself, I, could, I couldn't do it enough. And um, I've always taken that risk and said, if I invest in myself, I will be successful. I just need to put myself out there. And if you don't believe in yourself, it's not, it's not a good idea to, to move to a city and start a business. No, you, you should not be an entrepreneur if you don't believe in yourself. And I couldn't say it any better, Weston. I mean, you have to invest in yourself to get yourself better and move on like that. That's wonderful. So let me ask you, if anyone want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, you can send me an email, Weston at Ventures52, Ventures52, the number, dot com. Uh, and just quickly, I'm a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan, so the 52 is a reference to Super Bowl 52. <laughs> okay. Um, I, had, I, had to, I had to incorporate that. Um, or I, I'm the only Weston Labar in the world. I'm literally that unique. There is no other Weston Labar. So if you go on Google and you type my name in, my LinkedIn profile pops up immediately. And uh, very rarely do I say no to people who want to connect. It's got to look pretty shady. Very good. Well, Weston, it's been great talking today. Thanks so much for coming on this show and wish you the best of luck. Thanks so much, Don. I've, I've loved every minute of it. All right. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to My Company Story. We have new episodes coming out every week, so please subscribe if you like this. And if you'd like to hear previous episodes, you can go to mycompanystory.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you or someone you know would be interested in coming on the show, please email me at don at Thanks for listening.